If Wolverine the anime isn't hentai, then what the fuck is the point? Welcome to episode 19 of the Mutant Musings Evolution Podcast for the beginning of October 2021. I'm Jonathan, and with me as always is my Omega Redhead, Patty. Remember to leave us a comment on this episode's webpage on geekade.com. Leave us ratings and reviews on iTunes or anywhere else you find our podcast. Follow us on Instagram at mutant underscore musings underscore podcast, and follow us on Twitter at Mutant Musings. Come on, who doesn't like to review things? Look! Patty does it all the time. Snow is stupid. My aunt is a bitch. That guy is driving like an asshole. See how easy it is to review something? Fox News is garbage. Zuckerberg is a fuckerberg. Capitalism can drop fucking dead. Well, hopefully you feel more positively about us than Patty feels about nouns. This stupid diner doesn't have any vegan options. New Jersey is too expensive. This chair sucks. So if you like our podcast, let us know by leaving a review on whatever podcast app you use. And speaking of nouns... Sometimes we talk about people, Scott and Logan, places, bedroom, and things. Stick things. There's your explicit content warning. Okay, so just to be clear, Patty doesn't actually complain that much. I wrote all of that for her to read. I complain a lot. I knew you were going to say that. (laughs) (laughs) Dick things. It's a good start to the episode, right? Dick things. Yeah. Yeah, just take it from there. What kind of dick things? It can be an assortment. (laughs) They can go inside each other. Yes. Yeah. There's a name for that. I forget. What is it called? Docking. Docking. Yeah, dicks go inside Docking? each other. Like that episode of The Office where Dwight was like, I forget the exact words, but he was like, but how does the dominant penis know to overtake? <laughs> you remember that? Yes. All right. Somebody out there is going to understand the reference that I'm making because I don't remember the actual lines. Life is like a box of dicks. You never know what you're going to get. <laughs> Sometimes dicks are filled with caramel. Sometimes <laughs> dicks are filled with coconut. <laughs> I think you might have to go to a doctor. <laughs> Yeah, no, don't don't put coconut in your dick. Uh, how you doing, Patty? I'm okay. How are you, Jonathan? Nobody cares. We've established that. What's Patty? What's going on in the world of Patty? Patty's world. Uh, like that cartoon, Bobby's world, but much more entertaining and less annoying. <laughs> I've been working on my cosplay for New York Comic Con. Still, still since last episode. I. This is a serialization of the Patty story. I have not done this before and I'm not good at it and also I work full time so it doesn't give me a lot of time to work on it so I'm gonna work on it this weekend that should give me time hopefully I finish everything in time mm-hmm. fingers crossed but I miss like hanging out with you and you know Aww. like playing video games and doing other stuff me me right not them the listener you're talking about me right yes oh thank you that's sweet Don't and you the listener <laughs> We haven't seen each other in a while. What's going on, guys? You all should come to New York Comic Con. We'll meet you there. (laughs) (laughs) That's it? That's all that's going on in the world of Patty? Yeah. We just listened to Spider Dance. I'm going to post a link to Spider Dance, the remix, and I hope you all dance. I will admit this because I'm not admitting this to a live audience, so I don't give a fuck, but yesterday morning before work, I put on Spider Dance, the remix, and I danced to it alone in my room because I don't know how to fucking- Spider Dance is from Undertale. I don't know how to fucking dance. So whatever, I just dancing with myself. Well, oh, oh, oh. So yeah, it's a good song. Should all play Undertale. No spoilers, but it's a good time, and you should play it three different times. <laughs> and it's really difficult. Yeah, we need to play Delta Rune. Yeah. Oh, 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 oh! You want to hear a mind blowing fact? What? That I just found out a couple of days ago. What? It's the 
It's the same letters. You knew that this whole time and you kept it from me? I figured you knew. But I'm stupid, Patty. I'm pretty sure I told you. I'm stupid, though. Listen, Look at the things that You're I write. Not stupid. I'm so stupid. Look at the things that I write. My dumbest tweets, X23, sinks X23, get the most attention. You're not stupid. Fine. All right, so we got a couple of episodes to talk about. We got a couple of depressing episodes to talk about. One is much more depressing than the other. So yeah, let's try and have a good time, shall we? All right. Maybe we can talk about dick things somewhere in there and sure. lighten the mood a we little bit. We could jam it in. Yeah, we could. <laughs> we could jam it in there somewhere. Yeah? Yeah. Tell me more about the dick jamming, Patty. Well, we'll get to it when we get to it. I hope we don't jam it in the door. <laughs> Dam- jamming your dick in the door means doctor. <laughs> dick doctor. Dick for, doctor. For dick jam and door. All right. So, uh, so first episode we're talking about is another Laura episode. Woo. Uh, Target X. Of course, it opens with Logan. He's at a cafe. Logan likes chilling at the cafe, drinking his coffee. What kind of coffee do you think he he orders? Uh, he's got to have some Irish in that coffee. If you know what I'm saying. What, like an Irish man came in it? Is that what you mean? Yes. Yeah. That's what that's what Irish coffee means. Yeah. Yeah. You just you're Irish and you you come special sauce. <laughs> Yeah, and he's uh, he's reading the paper, and uh, and Berserker, Bobby, and Jamie are there because they don't want to be in class with Scott and Jean. Uh, class, it's it's actually inside class. They they want to go outside and and train with yeah, Professor Logan. And you know that if they would rather have a class that Logan is teaching than anybody else, it's got to be pretty bad. This uh, class that Scott and Jean are teaching sounds boring as fuck. It's about like physics and the use of mutant powers and stuff and so none of the kids want to go and they'd rather get their asses handed to them by logan (laughs) and like actually you know go outside and run around and play and whatever yeah but logan's not having it and he says no if if they have something to teach you you're gonna you're gonna take their class so yeah i mean i get it like you know when you're going to college even if you're getting like an art degree or whatever, you need to be like fully rounded. You have to take like history classes and science and math. Like, you know, there's a requisite for everything. Yeah, but I just thought it was interesting that, you know, Logan was like, um, if Scott and Jean have something to teach you, it's probably worth learning. You know, I mean, I just think that's really cool because, you know, they were still in high school when we when we first met them and still developing their powers and, you know, yeah, getting comfortable and confident. Yeah, and it's just it's interesting to see how, how far they've come. And now like, you know, even in season three, when Logan and Scott fucking argued over uh, when the military was attacking them and Scott was like, no, we can't hurt them. And Logan's like, but they're attacking us. They're the enemy, you know? And now Logan is like, like, you should probably listen to them. I just think that's really cool. Yeah, he's he's grown too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Logan goes to leave, but then he smells something. You can tell he smells something because he starts sniffing. And he's got a grumpy look on his face. Yeah, so you know somebody is around. So- Somebody's... He sees the shadow of somebody on a rooftop and he like looks up and he's like, I got your scent now, bub. Yeah. And smells uh, like trouble. Smells like teen spirit. <laughs> he's like starts to go away and then he gets uh tentacled. Tentacled. <laughs> yes. It's uh, tentacle time with Professor Logan. Ah, uh, and then he gets <laughs> uh some kind of thing put on his head and he's knocked out. Yeah. So somebody is kidnapping Logan, which in hindsight does not seem like a good idea. In regular sight also does not seem like a good idea. I guess they want their own Wolverine. We'll see how this goes. I hope they have an exotic pet permit. 
<laughs> I feel like Wolverine is classified under exotic pets. Yes. And who knows if it's even legal in any of the United States or Canada. Possibly <laughs> Canada. Possibly Canada, yeah. And it looks like they brought brought him to Canada. I didn't even say the location, but I just assume there are so many trees and mountains, like, you know. And snow. Yeah, and snow. That that's probably Canada. There were no, you know, American flags and guns shooting <laughs> at a McDonald's. So I just assume it was Canada. <laughs> uh but so so this is this is interesting, you know, like like they do in some of these episodes, you know, you've got the primary plot and then you've got the subplot. The subplot worked very well in this episode, um, like it all tied together at the end. But, you know, it was kind of funny going back and forth. Um, you know, Logan got taken away, but like I, I he's he's Wolverine. I don't feel like he's in a- any actual real danger. So I'm not too sad or too scared yet. And then they, you know, they immediately after he gets. Uh, tentacled. They cut to Scott and Jean, and Scott's, you know, being the downer as usual, and he's nervous about instructing. Jean is very excited, but you know, they open the door, and the the kids are fucking tearing up the classroom. All the new mutants. There was uh, there was Magma, there was Cannonball, Sunspot, Multiple Man, Berserker. They're all in there tearing up the classroom. Cannonball comes barreling out and knocks Scott flat on his back, and he makes like a snarky comment to Jean, and just like fucking lays there. But that subplot ended up working really well for this episode. But Logan is chained up. Obviously, he, he you know, escapes and he cuts through a wall and he sees that he's in the air. He's in a plane. Uh, <laughs> and these two guards come in and shoot at him and out the plane he goes and he just keeps falling. And it reminded me of when Homer Simpson tried to tried to jump the gorge on a skateboard. He just kept falling and growling and yelling like, it's just so funny it's so fucking comical and like the voice actor of this logan it, you know it fits and it's not like over the top like cal dodd in x-men the animated series was a great wolverine but still it's just like over the top and funny you egg sucking piece of gutter trash you know that kind of thing like but this this growling and yelling on that like drop from high up in the air was just very funny to me and he landed in water Yes, and and so then we see the people who were following him, which are Gauntlet and Omega Red. So, what do you think about Omega Red, Patty? Uh, he had a really weird jaw. They gave him like such an underbite. I was like, he looked like a like a fucking bulldog or something. It was weird. <laughs> Patty, uh, don't be racist against Russians. Uh, I'm allowed to. I'm Slavic. What? <laughs> Yeah, so the the two of them go looking for Logan. Logan is like limping around. His jacket's ripped. He's like in pain, uh, and he tries to hide. And it's funny because he keeps falling. Uh, and then he eventually gets to uh, a log that's hollowed out. So he like kind of crawls in there and tries to wait to heal. And it looks like he's starting to fall asleep. Um, I guess falling out of an airplane is very exhausting. It makes you very tired. Yeah. Is what I've been told. I could imagine. By people I've talked to who have fallen out of airplanes. You get very sleepy. Yeah. I mean, I assume that I mean, like, okay, so I am tired, like constantly. It's a condition. I feel like if I fell out of an airplane, I just need like a two day nap. I mean, imagine like, you know, running a mile. Now yeah. imagine falling a mile. Ugh. How tired you feel. I think I'd rather fall a mile than run a mile, to be honest. Okay. 
I'll say that but, was the worst part of elementary and middle school for falling me. out of a plane. Yeah. Yeah. No, running a mile. Oh, okay. But luckily, I broke my back when I was eight, and I was excused for doing the mile until high school. Patty, that is not a luckily. Luckily, I broke my back. There are there are so <laughs> many luckilies out there in the world for you just to grab onto. You know, luckily I ducked in time before the saw buzzed my head off. You know, <laughs> no, uh, breaking your back is not a luckily story. It got me out of running a mile. Okay, Patty. I mean, I feel like there were probably other bad things that happened <laughs> to you with a broken back. Well, I got out of gym for like years. It was great. And also, uh, the school assigned me a kid who lived near me to carry my backpack for me. Holy shit. Yeah. I was also allowed to get one set of books to keep at my house and one set of books to keep in each classroom where I would need that book. Jesus Christ. Yeah. I missed out. Yeah, you should have broken your back. I didn't break shit when I was in school. <laughs> so anyway, I don't even remember what we're talking about. Uh, no. he, he hurt his tootsie or whatever. He hurt his uh, tootsie, yeah. And he's hiding out in this log, and uh, <laughs> he gets tentacled again. Oh, double the tentacle, double the fun. Double tentacles. Double your, pre- double your pleasure with Wolverine bum. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, so Omega Red gets him, and he calls him Weapon X. What? And he says, this time I leave you broken. This time you suffer. And yeah, Logan's but- like, I don't even know who you are. Yeah, and uh, it doesn't matter, because then then X-23 jumps in. Woo. That was awesome. She she slices the tendrils, uh, knocks out Gauntlet, and then and it looks like for a second, like her facial expression is like she's concerned for Logan. But then it changes really quick, and she like snaps at him. Get up! And uh, and they go running away. You're embarrassing away. me, Dad. Yeah. Uh, so it turns out that Gauntlet and Omega Red are working for Hydra, and so Gauntlet gets on his little fucking walkie-talkie thing and says X twenty three is in play. And so and so it seems like this was a trap. That's what it sounds like. Anyway, I could very well be wrong. It's not like we watched the rest of the episode. You could be wrong. Yeah. So so is there? They're trying to get away, and Logan's talking to her about like what happened. After, you know, they first met and he told her to get to get away from the Institute or, you know, just get out of there while S.H.I.E.L.D. was showing up, you know, because Logan wanted to wanted to help her. And she's like, no, if I had stayed there, they would have come after me and they would, they're not going to let me go, even S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, so you would have been in danger and your friends would have been in danger. Fuck so S.H.I.E.L.D. She's saying that, like, you know, she ran away um, in order to protect everybody there. Uh, which sort of makes sense. You know, I always say shields are cops, yeah. but shield is more like the CIA. So she said, yeah, she basically ran away to protect him and the other kids, and she didn't need anybody, and she's fine by herself. And she's just saying, "You're slowing me down. You should have healed by now." And he's like, "Give me a break, kid. I started the day by falling out into an airplane," <laughs> <laughs> which is fantastic. Yeah, yeah, and then. Uh... Alora uh, finds uh, a tracker on Logan's boot. So it seems like they, they did set Logan up to lure Laura out. That, you know, um, Hydra figured she was somewhere in the wilderness. And if they dropped Logan in there and put a tracker on him, they'd be able to find X-23. And that's exactly what happened. That's exactly what worked. Um, it was a pretty fucking good plan. Of course, uh, Logan is just caught in the middle. Yeah, but now you've got two Wolverines who are out to get you. Yeah, and so so okay. So then they, they cut back to uh to the institute, to the class that Scott and Jean 
are trying to teach. And Gene is like, physics, geometry, math, this is important. And Scott is passing out papers. Everybody's laughing. You know, Magma grabs one and then burns it and is like, oops, can I have another one? And then Scott's like, who else? Who else needs a handout? And there's like five of multiple boy all raising their hands. And it's really funny. And Jean's getting annoyed. And she's like, at least Bobby is paying attention. And it's just like an iced up Bobby just sitting there and not moving. And she touches Bobby's shoulder and it falls and it breaks. And she gets really fucking scared. And it's just like an ice clone. And uh, one of them is like, where's Bobby? And Berserker is like, I'll go find him. And everybody's like, yeah, me too. And then they all run out to go find Bobby. And so it was just a mess. I feel bad, though, for <clears throat> Gene. Of course you did. Everybody is being so mean. Mean to Gene. I, I would have probably done the same thing. Don't be mean to Gene. You would be mean? No, you I wouldn't be would mean. would be mean to Gene? I would run out of the class because it's boring. <laughs> what? But Gene is ahead of the class. Pat, are you I telling know. me you wouldn't be hot for teacher? <laughs> I don't believe you. Well, Even I, mean, I would be hot for teacher. You can't really be hot for teacher when her Why? boyfriend is right there. Uh, you 1000% can. You hate Scott. I do hate Scott. You would be like a Logan in this situation. Yeah. <laughs> You'd be like, hey, Red. <laughs> I am also Red. We have lots in common, baby. That would be you. That's what Patty sounds like. Yeah. When she's flirting with Gene. <laughs> Yeah, so this is funny. So Omega Red sees uh, something rush, rustling in the bushes, and he, he sends his tentacles in to grab it and pulls it out. And I don't know what that is. Maybe it was an actual Wolverine. It was. I thought maybe it was a badger. That was an animated Wolverine. You know that for yes. a fact? You know? Yes. What? How do you know? Who'd you that's ask? That's what Wolverines look like. You asked Craig Kyle and or yes. Chris Yost? Yes. When did you talk to them? that's the joke. What's the joke? The joke is that it was an actual Wolverine. That's the, but I thought maybe it could be a badger, too, like a little nod. If no, I don't think so. Excuse me, Patty. If you didn't know, back when Wolverine was being I created. Know. <laughs> don't mansplain. <laughs> I made a joke that Sink has had 22 girlfriends in the past and that Laura's his future X-23. And somebody's like, um, actually, he hasn't been alive long enough to have 22 girlfriends. And he was in school with three other girls. And then he was dead and forgotten about for 22 years. And I was like, it's a joke. But really, I'm like, if your name isn't Jay or Miles, do not attempt to explain the X-Men to me. Yeah, that's why, that. that's why I, uh, when somebody tries to mansplain to me, I'm just like, this isn't, insert your name, mansplains the X-Men. <laughs> I'm glad you're uh, giving them free advertising, Jay and Miles, by the way. <laughs> No, I'm sure they're nice people. I'm sure they're very nice. Jay is very creative and, and talented. Unlike uh, me. What? Oh yeah, that's oh, true. Wait, would I um, be unlike the Jay me. or the Miles of this podcast? I've never listened to them. Uh, I think Jay is the one that does most of the writing and. So stuff. you're the Jay. I oh, don't say that. <laughs> I feel bad though. It's equal. We're both the Jay. <laughs> this is Jay and Jay explaining <laughs> Johnson and Johnson explain the X Men from our Johnson to your Johnson. <laughs> Uh, yeah, anyway. But Logan, uh, feels like they're being pushed into a trap. Of course, Laura doesn't believe it because she's a teenager and she believes she knows best. But it's it's sad, you know, they're, they're having like a serious conversation. Logan wants to help Laura be free from Hydra 
And, you know, like he's saying to her, like, even though they took away my memories, like I'm, I'm proof that you can overcome that. And Laura is just like really down and there's sad music playing. And she's like, the only way I'll be free is if I'm not alive. And yeah, it's like really like emo and shit like that. But it's also, I mean, considering who she is and where she came from and what she's currently going through, it, it makes sense. Like, you know, she was, she was fucking created in a lab uh, to be this perfect weapon um deprived of affection and like you know forced to undergo dangerous training uh from a very early age obviously she's full of anger and yeah so you've got these two huge organizations that both want her just for their own purposes to use her as a weapon um like this is all she's known so her the fact that she's feeling suicidal comes to no one's surprise but you know it's still it's still sad to see of course logan was right gauntlet and omega red were on their tail to push them into a trap they're stuck in like this ridge between the mountains and you know all these soldiers come out and start firing on them but then gauntlet is like this sonic weapon that knocks laura out and you can tell logan is trying to protect her but it takes him out too he falls right on top of her. Uh, and they wake up in a Hydra base and Logan is shackled and wants to know where Laura is. And there's Madam Hydra, the Supreme Leader. She says that Laura's back with the people who own her, that, you know, she's been on a crusade to take out Hydra bases. Logan's like, oh yeah, you're the victim. But apparently she's been blowing up Hydra bases. And, uh, and they... he was like, good girl. <clears throat> yeah. And That's they... my daughter. <laughs> And they just want to wipe her mind and memory. So no free will and can make her the perfect weapon. So Madam Hydra doesn't really care about Logan. Obviously, Omega Red has some sort of a stake in this. We don't know exactly what. Um, it's part of Wolverine's past, which is mysterious, as we've come to learn. Which will never be revealed we'll never in any know. form of media ever. <clears throat> no. But uh, we don't know why Sabretooth and Logan don't get along. And now Omega Red and Logan don't get along. Yeah, but he does toss us a bone when he says... You, Sabretooth, uh, what the fuck was his name? Rafe Maverick. And Maverick, yeah. Yeah, so if you know those characters, you know they have some relation, but, you know, whatever. And I guess uh, Hydra does not believe in the sunk cost thing. They're not just going to be like, okay. Okay, so you can think of it. It's an accounting thing. So you can <clears throat> think of it as like, okay, we, we spent 50 grand on this boat. Yeah. And it literally sunk. And we should just take the loss of the 50 grand instead of spending another 20 or whatever to fix it. And it might just sink again. That's like the sunk cost. Oh, thing. it's literally called sunk cost because of the boat no, metaphor? No, no, no. I'm just using <clears throat> something literal. Oh, I just remember. So cool. No, it was just the uh, example that my teacher gave me. And I still remember it because she thought it was funny. So, yeah, they're not just going to let her go and say, okay, we spent all this money and energy trying to develop a clone of Logan. We'll just make another one or we'll we'll just let her go and live her life or whatever. They're like, no, that is our property. We're going to get it back. We're not going to get back the man hours and just like, you know, chase it down, even though it is consistently destroying more and more of their shit. Exactly. Especially since in this metaphor, the boat is killing people. Yeah. This is a fucking killer the boat. boat. The boat is tracking down its owners and shooting torpedoes at them. Yeah, because the... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the owners tried to use the boat as a weapon, and now the boat has turned the tables. The boat has <laughs> turned the sails and is coming after the boat owners. 
Yes. For thinking it. Yes, that's right. I'm I'm uh, proud of you for taking this metaphor further. <laughs> all right, good. Um, out of all the things that Omega Red could have done at this point, uh, one of them should not have been help free Logan, but that's exactly what Omega Red did. He could have shot uh, one of his tentacles through Logan's face. Yeah. You know? I mean, that might have that might have done a little something. Maybe removed some limbs with them, perhaps. Well, at first he wasn't try. I mean, he wasn't trying to free Logan. He just kind of knocked the chair over that Logan was in, and then Logan was able to get out from there. But it also seems like they made Omega Red a joke, or not <laughs> not used to his tentacles because he missed a whole bunch of times and he seemed just pretty useless in this <laughs> but whatever uh he caught a wolverine he did wolverine uh the person got got loose and kicked omega red over and he got knocked out for a little bit it's his weakness that is his weakness gravity. his only weakness little is known facts gravity gravity is omega red's weakness not logan's as we have seen See, we proved it when Logan fell out of the plane and into the water. Logan was okay. He was a little, he had a couple of bruises and a couple of ouchies, but he was okay. But Gravity and Omega Red? No, don't do that. They don't go along together. Don't tip over Omega Red because he is fucked. He's just out of commission. That's how the X-Men typically defeat him. You know, Gravity's different in Russia. It's a whole other continent, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how metric gravity works. <laughs> uh, so we we saw that X-23 was in the fucking, uh, on the gurney and strapped down and had one of those fucking doohickeys from Omega Red's tentacles on her head. And, you know, one of the doctors is angry about it and like, oh, I told him not to put, you know, that on her because it's going to mess with the mind wipe procedure. And then he gets on the phone and they're like, Oh, but but we didn't put it on her. So she was playing possum with it. She wanted them to think that she was incapacitated. Um, because it was her plan all along to get captured into this base. Exactly. So she was able to knock out the guards. And Wolverine comes running at this time. And he's like, we have to get out of here. And she was like, no, this was my plan all along. I was trying to get into this facility. This is where Madame Hydra is. So she's like, oh, you only have a few minutes. You have to get out of here. And she starts, like, throwing bombs on the walls. Then a guard tells Madame Hydra uh, to get on the command ship because uh, X-23 escaped. And then Omega Red came back and fought Logan again some more, but only for, like, 10 seconds because (laughs) Logan grabbed one of the tentacles and slammed it into some electronic thing on the wall, and he got electrocuted. That is Omega Red's second weakness. That is his second weakness. Omega Red's second weakness is electricity. He only has two of them. Keep all the lights out. Turn all the lights off in the house. No electricity running. Don't charge anything. Uh, He would be unstoppable in Amish country. Because there's no electricity, as we know. There's no electricity. And also no gravity in Amish country, as we all know. I'm not really worried about the Amish agenda. Them hearing this? Yeah, I'm not worried about the Amish agenda, because none of them are going to hear this. Yeah. Yeah. And they also uh, are one of the biggest runners of puppy mills in the country. Fuck the Amish. So, fuck the Amish. Not literally. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. Puppy mills are bad. So, Logan goes chasing after Laura, who's climbing up the fucking command ship, and she kicks him off. Um, Patty noticed that Laura had an X-Men branded duffel bag. Yep. So it's nice to see that the X-Men have their own merch. 
<laughs> in unit in universe, Laura stopped at a store to buy one. It's where she's carrying her bombs. And uh, yeah, so she kicks Logan off because she wants to get this done once and for all. You know, so Laura gets to the top and is like threatening Madam Hydro when Gauntlet shows up and he pulls out his gun. And I don't know what he thinks he's going to do with that because we know that X-23 has a healing. Fa- Everybody knows that she has a healing factor. So she tosses bombs everywhere. And then from from the base, Logan's still on the on the ground. You see the ship just fucking exploding um, and, and just goes down crashing. Um, and so S.H.I.E.L.D. shows up, obviously. And Fury asks Logan about X-23. And he just looks sad and says she didn't make it. But as as Logan is boarding the S.H.I.E.L.D. helicopter, you know, he stops and sniffs and then smiles. So, you know, you know that he smells her. She's shown running through the wilderness. And hooray, she murdered Madame Hydra and Gauntlet. So good for her. Good for her. So at least Hydra is probably not going to chase her anymore. And at least for now, S.H.I.E.L.D. thinks that she's gone. Good. Good. So she's out to do her own thing. Uh, Meanwhile... Subplot, back in class, Bobby's moaning, telling Scott that he's practically an X-Man, which is true, that they don't need to learn this stuff. Gene telekinetically lifts the entire class in the air, and then Scott does his geometry trick to slice an apple open, uh, sitting on a desk. Everybody's impressed. And, like, at that moment, Logan is walking by and sees it and is happy. And I thought this was a nice lesson about passing on the torch. Anyway, you know, because Logan is old. We know in this universe, Logan is at, he's probably somewhere around 100 years old, even though he looks like he's maybe 40. And so this whole episode uh, revolved around X-23. And, you know, she's a clone of him who is capable of taking care of herself. Yeah, okay, she's young, not as experienced. She made a mistake and she got captured. But still, she got herself out of being captured. Like... Wolverine didn't do anything to help her, honestly. I mean, she kind of used him. She allowed Hydra to use him to get lured in there um, in order to kill Madam Hydra and take out another base and the command ship, you know? She's really capable of taking care of herself. And, you know, that explosion, she didn't die. We saw her just, like, you know, frolicking through the fucking mountains and shit right afterwards. So she's fine. And Logan knew this in the beginning when he told Berserker, Iceman, and Jamie, if Scott and Gene have something to teach you, it's probably worth learning. He knows that they're young, but he also knows firsthand what they've been through, and that even though they're still young, they have earned their spot as teachers. Um, they've been trained, and they're, the younger generation is capable of taking care of itself. The younger mutant generation. I'm not talking about us in real life, because <laughs> humanity is whatever. But in this sh- in this show, anyway. So, yeah, I hope that made sense. Yeah, I think you're right. You know, and it's not just going to be Wolverine teaching just continuously new generations of kids after kids after kids just forever. So eventually, you know, there are going to have to be new teachers and stuff. I do wish that they had... Storm as more of a teacher role before this. Was literally just thinking that. Instead of just like an aunt to all the kids or something. Yeah. Because like, I do like that they let Scott and Jean take over, but I feel like Storm should have been a teacher or something first. Because like, it wouldn't be like that passing of the torch moment if it was Storm teaching now. Because she's already been like an established elite mutant. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I agree 100%. And and that just goes back to how, how we've stated throughout the show that Storm hasn't gotten enough focus. And it's it's sad. You know, Logan has had his episodes. Hank has had his episodes. Oh. And, and Hank hasn't even been around in the Institute uh, as long as the others have. Aurora got an episode, but, you know, she was incapacitated for the majority of it. And all she did at the end was throw this you know, African caricature into a fucking tornado to get rid of him. Like that's, that's all she did. And that kind of stinks. It, it would have been cooler to see her training the students a bit more or doing anything really. Um, But, you know, still this, this episode and the message here, you know, really resonated because you see this in the comics, you know, you, you, you start off in X-Men one and they're all kids. And then, you know, years later they're, they're older and, you know, then there's the new mutants and then they get older and they're training people. And then, you know, it just, yeah. Yeah, it's a cycle. Yeah. <laughs> it's a circle of life. Yeah. That's how it goes. Okay, good. Okay. So can you believe that Logan is into tentacles? I mean, he is a weep. Can you believe Laura killed Madam Hydra and Gauntlet? She just gaunt let them die. There's no physics, geometry, or math up ahead, folks. Just a quick commercial break. So what brings you in today? Well, Doctor, I can't seem to get it up. I've even tried to spice things up by taking advantage of certain websites, but it's still completely flaccid. I'm afraid I might have... You do. Geek rectile dysfunction. Oh no, how will I ever attract anyone ever again? Don't you worry, young man. I have just the thing for you. Let me turn this on and stick it in your ears. Huh? Geekade.com? Is this a podcast about video games? I love video games. It sure is. And Geekade.com has podcasts about TV and Transformers, too. Now, I'm just gonna drop these in your eyes. Whoa! Geekade also has YouTube and Twitch channels? I can feel my geek getting stiffer already. Yes, yes. Geekade.com is very quick and thorough. You may notice your geeksticles getting a little more bulbous as well. This is perfectly normal. Now if you'll just bend over a little, I'm going to shove these up your- Articles? A whole archive of articles about wrestling, horror, and anime? Geekade.com is exactly what I needed to treat my geek rectile dysfunction. Thanks, Doc. I'm definitely going to check out more of Geekade.com today. Warning, if a geek reaction lasts more than four hours, masturbation should do the trick. All right, so the next episode we're talking about is super fucking depressing, and it's called Sins of the Sun. Yeah. S-O-N, not S-U-N. Yeah, so uh, yeah, so this is a, a really sad episode, and it's all Charles Xavier's fault. What isn't? But, and it's actually not not true. I felt really fucking bad for him, this episode, Patty. Yeah. I felt so bad for Charles Xavier. Do you? <laughs> I mean, it's mostly his fault, honestly. Why? Because... If he was, it's, it's, it's like what David said. If it, if he was like the most powerful mutant mind or whatever, and he has to rebrand all this shit, he would have detected him. It's always so, the man's fault. It is. Hashtag not all X Men. <laughs> You're right. Bobby would never. What? What? Uh, so so somebody's having a party at a rundown castle. They're listening to metal. Oh, the music was so good this episode. Yeah, that's how they get you to care. That's how they make him a sympathetic character, by having him listen to metal. I really wish that I could have hung out at this place when I was a teenager. I would not have left there. Patty. 
because everyone is like punk as shit and like oh it looks uh-huh. so fun throwing people in dungeons yeah they have a dungeon it, it's a castle so they're like all hanging out like upstairs like on the on the top of it or whatever patty they're taking prisoners i well okay well, and they're under mind control okay well calm down <laughs> metal community just trying to brainwash people listening to your devil music uh, all right that's what fine. the real message is here yeah listening to your mona martha <laughs> um this girl uh offers to fuck lucas <laughs> i mean look at what he's wearing patty he was just n- asking for he was it. not attracted what what, <laughs> what did you say <laughs> He yeah, was, no, he was he was cute. He was not. He attractive. was a cutie. Lucas was not attractive. Yes, he was. No, his brows were. He looked too much like Xavier. Yeah, uh, and his hair was funky. He was probably wearing like a headband. He was not wearing a headband. No, one of those like he uh, had styling gel. One of the ones that goes like this. I don't know what it's called. Listener, this is uh, <coughs> I'm I'm uh doing a motion with my hands. You can't see it, but <laughs> uh, it's like squiggly. I don't know what it's called. It's a squiggly thing you put in your hair? Yeah. yeah. And it pushes your hair back. That's what I assumed he was wearing. This was around the time of There's Something About Mary. He probably came in his oh hand my God. and wiped it in his hair. That's exactly what he looks like. Ugh. And that's what you're finding attractive. This is what metal people do. They come <sighs> on their hand and they wipe it in their hair. Is that why David's hair looks like that normally? No, 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 no. Whoa. Listen. Whoa. No. So these people, they sound Scottish. They're Scottish. They're Scottish. Okay. Which is cool. I love Scotland. I want to go there someday. Okay. I'm part Scottish. That is the most American thing to say. Patty's also part Italian. No, I'm not. <laughs> uh, Patty's got a little Italian in her. Oh, uh, gross. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Lucas floats down into a dungeon and he's talking to David. A David? A David. Who could a David be? Uh, he said, there's only one way to end this. Call him. I love his cell phone. And as we know from the X-Men, there are so many people named David. We we couldn't possibly know who this is. Mm-hmm. And Xavier picks up the phone. And here's, I need your help, father. What? What? <laughs> so uh, he calls Gabrielle on his phone. and said i'd I'd never think to look for a son i was never aware of so we find out that gabrielle okay they were apparently married but that that they just had to say that because it's a kid's show (laughs) but uh she left he left her before they knew she was pregnant yes and then she had the baby and she never told him yeah they just had a night out at the club yeah in scotland which is uh kind of fucked up she said it was because she didn't want to have like an absentee father. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, but you literally made him have no dad. Yeah. Isn't a dad who's like researching and stuff better than no dad? Well, look at Reed Richards. I don't know that that's true, Patty. That's true. <laughs> I take it back. No, that's. But uh, still, I feel like he should have he should have been given the option. One million percent yeah because i mean he's living in new york now and he has a mansion there now but like before this he was going basically all over the place doing research and stuff about mutants i mean when he was with uh moira he was living in in ireland uh you know he met gabrielle in israel 
you know, I feel like, oh, he was in Cairo. That's where he met Storm. So he's been like all over the place researching. So, I mean, would he have still had that same lifestyle knowing he had a son? Probably, but not necessarily. No, not necessarily. You Um, know, he might have been like, oh, okay, well, I'll stick closer to home. And like Moira have just like my base here where I live. Yeah. And I don't have to go or like I'll go for like a week or two to Africa or whatever. Yeah. Just there. there's like, you know, there's not much nuance here. And that's OK, because it's a 20 minute episode. But I felt bad for just how poorly Gabrielle was painted so quickly um, for plot purposes. It's it's fine. They they did enough to get it moving forward. But yeah, and I feel like they only had to kind of explain it like that in the story because it was basically a retcon. They yeah. can't they can't like 120 issues in or whatever. I don't know. Don't <laughs> yeah. don't at me for not knowing what the first issue here appeared in was. But they can't like 120 issues into a series just be like, and here's my son. Yeah. It's not, it's not too different here, you know? We're on the fourth and final season yeah, of this exactly. show. And it's just like, oh hey, let's give uh old Charlie a little bit of a backstory. What was he doing? You know, beforehand. Like it, they did in the comics. It makes sense here though, because like I don't know. I feel like if David had been around the whole time, he would have been kind of like the focus. Yeah. This sh- he's such a character. This you know? show would have been so different. Yeah. So so I get them not wanting to reveal it early on, just like they did in the comics, which I'm fine with. And also, I mean, they likely they would have either had to change too much or they would have been forced to explore more of his uh, dissociative identity disorder. Yeah. Um, which they were not going to do on a kid's show. Yeah. They managed to sort of do it, but but bury enough of it uh, for this episode. Yeah. So they didn't have to get too deep into it. Um, so anyway. Oh, so there's, um, there's a subplot in, in this one too, like in the last episode. But in, in Target X, it made more sense. You know, like to me, I was able to tie it together. And I'm sure that's what the writers were going for. Here, I can't really make any connection. I mean, maybe I'll, I'll try to a little bit later and it still won't really make sense. But also the way this episode wrapped up, it felt very inappropriate, although it was sort of funny, right? So you've got all the kids are running late for school. Beast is trying to get them out the door. It was a really funny moment when Magma runs down the stairs with her hair dryer and says, I'm not going to school with wet hair. And Beast says to Berserker, hey, Ray, a little help. And he grabs like the end of the plug and powers it so she can blow dry her hair as they're running. And and it's funny. And then he gets a video call. He tells Scott and Jean that Kitty and Kurt have the flu. And it's cute because every time Kurt sneezes, he teleports. It's so cute. And, and Kitty mentions to Beast that, you know, she's trying to sleep. But every time she sleeps, she keeps having this nightmare that she wakes up and she's in school and she's in her pajamas. That's called foreshadowing. So Xavier brought Storm and Scott and Jean with him to Scotland um, to meet Gabrielle. And, and Storm is like, don't worry, we're going we're gonna to find your son. And at the castle, David manages to reach the hatch on the ceiling of the dungeon and climbs out. And he sees the party because this villain guy, Lucas, is the one who's having the party. And everybody starts chasing after David. It's also really weird because David is blonde, which I do not like. And so is Lucas. <gasps> hmm. But. A clue. I, uh, 
Yeah, I don't like him blonde. Uh, at least make it Derek Brown if you don't want to go black. But like, uh, it, like I would have never known that 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 would have been like the last character I guessed. If you showed me a picture of him, yeah, I would have been like, is it? Yeah, Angel. Yeah, I see that. Is it Iceman? But but Lucas, and again, in my opinion, his face looked more like Xavier's. He had. You know, sort of like a similar distance between his eyeballs, same eyebrows, jawline. David didn't look very much like Xavier at all, but Lucas really did. In my opinion, that's what I saw anyway. Okay. But yeah, so obviously, you know, it, as we've already talked about, Xavier and, and Gabrielle, you know, were like bickering a little bit because, you know, Gabrielle never told Xavier about about David and Xavier's kind of upset. She says, perhaps I was wrong, but I never told David about you, only that you abandoned us before he was born. So it's not just that, you know, he he never knew about you. It's that you abandoned us. Yeah, it's the same thing like fucking uh, Duquesne. And again, they're doing this to make Xavier sympathetic, more sympathetic. And in the context of the show, it, it, it absolutely works. Because how can you blame the guy? Even if he is telepathic, if he doesn't have the cerebral helmet on and he's not looking in a specific location... He may not know, you know, I can't, you can't blame him. And, you know, in the show, they, he's made a couple of questionable decisions. Sure. Especially like, remember in season one, how he didn't tell the students that their principal was trying to kill them. Oh yeah. Yeah. So he's made some, some maybe not great decisions, but he's not like. An explicit bad guy. Yeah. He's not like, let me send a team of mutants to their death to save this other team of mutants. And then wipe everybody's memory about it. And then put a different team together to send this other team together too. You know, not like that kind of thing. So we see that Lucas is peeping on Gabrielle's house. And sees Gene in the window. Gene and Scott are, are looking through David's stuff. Trying to get clues. And uh, suddenly there's a little boy. A little blonde boy. Another blonde boy. But he's a little blonde boy. And he's in the hallway. And then he runs away. And... Gene uh, was like, who is that? And then uh, Gabrielle, she was like, oh, that's Ian. David found him living on the streets and brought him home. And I was like, did you, what? <laughs> Do you not find that questionable? You found a little homeless boy and you just took him in instead of like, I don't know, calling the authorities and, and seeing who he belongs to or, you know, whatever. I mean, to be fair, he wasn't wearing a collar. He may <laughs> not belong to anybody. Did he have a tracking chip on him? <laughs> who knows? We don't know. Oh my god! So Ian and also Ian is mute. So yeah. we have a homeless little boy who's mute that they just found on the streets. Yeah. Okay. Like it's the 1600s or something, and you just take little orphan children off the streets. I don't know if that happened in the 1600s. I'm just saying. Gabrielle is Batman. It was probably easy to do. Gabrielle is Batman. Yes. Yeah. That's what that's what a Batman does. <laughs> <laughs> so uh jeans uh she runs outside he run he starts running away she ran outside after him and then suddenly a fire appears in front of her and lucas is there and he telepathically knocks her out oh boy <clears throat> uh-oh yeah so yeah so maybe somehow this is all connected we've got three new I blonde boys did not realize anything until the fire came up and i was like oh okay because i thought that they were all supposed to be coming from david yeah um and we saw david was confined in that cage thing the underground thing yeah. so 
I didn't pick up on it at first. Now I feel dumb. But, but uh, whatever. No, it's okay. I got there. It's okay. I mean, they change things a little bit. Yeah. Well, they change things more than a little bit. But I, I feel like, you know, I mean, if you know the original story, like if you know David from the comics, you know, after a little bit, you can pick up on the context clues here. It's not like they all went inside of David's head and met these different quote unquote people, yeah. these personalities. You I know, forgot this... their names too, but I know there was a girl. There was. There and, was. She was a party girl. Um, the... And like explosives. I thought it was the guy who did the pyrokinetic and he was like a terrorist or something. I think so. I think you're right. Yeah. It's uh, been a few years yeah. since I read those issues of New Mutants. Yeah, and then and then they completely abandoned that whole idea in the comic. Yeah, after a while, they did come back to it. Yeah, I think it happened one more time. Yeah. And then they were like, that's not, that didn't happen. Nobody read that. <sighs> we're going to make something else up. Well, no, they were just like, hey, let's add on a few hundred more people so he can pick and choose his, his powers. I like the three people better thing and he doesn't get to pick. But whatever, that's nah. just me. Yeah, so so back at the Institute, Kitty goes to get some tissues. Uh, she finds Kurt under his bed, and she grabs him by the tail, tries to pull him out, and suddenly he teleports him outside. He's sleeping. Every time he sneezes, he teleports. So he sneezes, teleports him outside the school, and you see the look of terror on Kitty's face. She's like, oh no. And then another sneeze and another teleport... They're on the teacher's desk in the fucking classroom, and she's in her pajamas. And and everyone is staring everybody's at them. Everybody's staring. And she's so mad. She she tries dragging him out down the hallway. He sneezes and teleports again, and now they're downtown. And a car drives by and splashes water on them. So, so okay. So, the mood of the main plot is, you know, a little troublesome. And this subplot is very lighthearted. But so far, they still sort of work together okay. Because also, we don't know where they're, where, where they're quite going yet. But then back, at, back in the fucking uh, dungeon in the castle, Jean is chained up. She frees herself pretty easily. Lucas is right there. And Jean asks who he is. And he's just like someone like you, a mutant. And you know, she tries to get out of there, and he grabs her. We haven't, I feel like we haven't seen it, or I just haven't noticed it. The men or boys in the show being grabby in a while, and I kind of liked it that way. Like, you know, again, like, you can show a character is bad without him, you know, physically assaulting a woman by grabbing her wrist, which is a thing that abusive dudes do in real life. Um, but anyway, a few seasons later, we're back here again. He he grabs her, but she telekinetically slams him against the wall. He telepathically knocks her down. And Gina's like, you can't stop me from leaving but then Lucas reveals you're going to stay because the only way you're going to find David. Um, so now, you know, now not only are David is David missing, but Ian ran away, right? And now Gene is missing. So back at Gabrielle's house, Storm says that she spotted some fires by the cliffs. Gabrielle says that's McFadden's castle. Teenagers use the ruins for parties. So now we understand what's going on there and what people what, what they think about it. Scott's got a motorcycle. At some point, Scott learned how to ride a motorcycle. Maybe he learned from Logan. I'm sure he did. Yeah. Scott says he's going to go looking for Gene. So he, you know, uh, goes up ahead, casually walks in, walking through all the, the punk people listening With to his like blazer and <laughs> and like button down and khakis. Yeah. So so Gene is just chilling there and just tells Scott to stay out of sight. But he he doesn't. He thinks he's going to fucking take Lucas. He goes up to Lucas and is like, listen, Dracula, 
kidnapping two people isn't my idea of a good time. So, of course, you know, Scott thinks that he's got, like, you know, a drop on this guy, that he's no big deal, but Lucas telekinetically knocks him down, and then, you know, Scott can't hit him with an optic blast. Lucas throws Scott into some rocks, and he's got a couple of these mind-controlled punk people to put a metal helmet on Scott. Gene ends up in the dungeon again. So, obviously, Lucas is a very, very fucking powerful mutant. He's a bad boy. Yeah. So then, um, as Storm Xavier and Gabrielle are on their way to the castle, they see Ian in the road. Xavier tries to read his mind, and he can't. He says that something's blocking him. He he says that he manages to see a little. He knows that they're at McFadden Castle. And then Ian starts a fire around all of them. And Xavier says that Ian is loyal to David's abductor. In the dungeon, Jean brings a wall down, finds David. Uh, she floats the two of them up. Uh, Jean is like, we need to get a signal to your dad. And David is like, yeah, like he cares. And Jean is like, David, he's a good man. You just don't know him. And David says, and whose fault is that? And Jean is like, well, it's actually your mother's. And, and that's true. And that's unfortunate. But David says that Lucas says he's one of the most powerful telepaths in the world. So how could Xavier not know about me? And apparently, according to David, Lucas's plan is to go brain to brain with Xavier. And that's what all of this is about. And Gene was like, wait, Lucas knows about Xavier? How does he know about Xavier? He's just like some random guy in this castle. Sure. That's all it is. Yeah. Yeah. So then Storm, Xavier, and Gabrielle arrive to the castle. Uh, None of them are dressed for the occasion, except maybe Storm. Uh, They free Scott, and then Gene and David make it out. So I'm glad that Gene didn't have to be rescued. Gene and Scott hug. Um, That was really cute. Was it? He had this big smile on his face. His arms were open wide. She had her arms open and just like ran right into him, and they hugged. It was sweet. Why can't you be happy for your girl? She uh, is your girl. I don't like Scott. You would just rather her be sad. Uh, rather than she, what she, she wants. She can be fine by herself. Whatever. All right, fine. So Gabrielle was like, David, I want you to meet Charles Xavier. And then Xavier and David shake hands. And then David morphs into Ian. Whoa, whoa. Uh, yeah. What are you... Have you seen them both in the same room? What are you saying? What? <laughs> and it turns into one of those, like, really fast things, like, you can't tell who it who it is. And then a fire circles around them. So they're all trapped in this fire circle. And Jean says, Ian, you, you're David? And then he transforms into Lucas. Gasp. And he says, sometimes. They're all the same person. So Lucas says, now that I'm here, I'd like a little quality time with my dad. He also pushes everybody else out of the fire circle, except for him and Xavier. And the others want to attack and help Xavier. But Xavier tells them, no, well, I'll handle it. You know, Lucas is yelling at him. Uh, You're always so busy with other people's freaks. You never had time for your own. And that's rough. Yeah. And that and that right there, that line just shows what this episode is all about. Honestly, it's daddy issues. And I'm not trying to say that in a dirty or condescending way. It's just issues with an absent parent. And I feel like you could see this coming just from Xavier and Gabrielle's talk earlier. 
plus David's reaction to Gene when Gene said, we have to get a message to your father. And David is like all resentful because David slash Lucas slash Ian just believed that this guy literally did, as Gabrielle said, abandoned them. And when this when this mutant, obviously they didn't know he was going to be a mutant when he was born um, or develop mutant powers. You know, this mutant didn't have any help while Xavier was off in New York at the Institute, you know, raising these other other kids, these other mutants. Yeah, exactly. And it's the same thing with Logan, too. He was off with other little kids. Uh, well, not little, but, you know, Jubilee uh, with... Kitty? With Kitty, with Armor. He had a little bit of Armor, a little bit of Oya, too. Oh, yeah. So, and, and he was doing all that while Jakan was sitting back in Japan getting the shit kicked out of him for being a freak or a yeah. half-breed or whatever. Yeah. And then uh, Lucas starts to tear the castle apart. Uh, he reverts back to David for a minute, and David tells Xavier to get out of there uh, and that he can't keep control or whatever. So Xavier says, let me help you. And he goes into his brain. And he says, Ian and Lucas are smart, a small part of who you are, so you can take control of them. So inside David's mind... There are the three boys. Ian is attacking. Uh, Charles knocks him away. And then Lucas attacks and Xavier knocks him away too. And they both float into what looks like a sun. Yeah. Which was really confusing. And I was like, what is this supposed to be? Just like this this orb uh, sort of growing. But yeah, it was colored and sort of looked like the sun. Yeah, so maybe it was supposed to be like, this is where they'll be contained. So maybe David can remain the main identity or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I think that was the idea. Mm -hmm. And David starts getting drawn into one of these sun things too. Xavier says to grab his hands. Uh, and he is pulling David out of this thing. <laughs> David is almost like completely swallowed. So it looks like uh, the day is safe. Uh, he saved David and got rid of the other two. But back in reality, David morphs into Lucas. And Xavier is like, where's David? <laughs> and Lucas said, you sent him away along with Ian. And I was like, oh, damn. <laughs> yeah. Oh, damn. <laughs> Gabrielle's like, what did you do? And Lucas says, exactly what I brought him here to do. You were the only one strong enough to get rid of the others. And <clears throat> Lucas just flies away and says, Xavier set him free. That uh, that was wild. And before when uh, was somebody said like, oh, this is all your fault or whatever, you know, to Xavier, I was like, oh, wow. He really just went from zero to 100 in Bad Dad real quick. But the thing like, and that's really sad because it was a, it was a trick of the angle because you saw David getting like sucked into that sun, right? Yeah. Um, but then the angle shifts, and you're led to think that it's David's arm reaching out, and that's all you see is this arm coming out of the sun thing, and Xavier grabs it and pulls. And obviously, in that shift of angle, David's arm disappeared, and this is Lucas's arm, and that's what Xavier pulls out and just had no fucking idea. And I mean the the choice of scenery was a little bland and it was a little weird too it was just orange background floating through this thing but nonetheless effective 
because again, you don't know, you can't see them once they're absorbed into this sun. Maybe that's why it looked like a sun because it's the sun, sins of the sun. Hmm. Hmm. All makes sense. I don't know. You don't you know. know more about uh, what's it called than I do. <laughs> yeah. Sim- symbolism. Symbolism. I don't know. Maybe. But either either way, uh, that was a really really heavy moment uh, because that's it. Lucas flies the fuck away, and you know all of them are the rest of them are on the ground, just like what what the fuck? They go back home like there's nothing else to do. He's taken off. He's like a, a blip. In the fucking distance. Yeah, it was fucked up. Uh, Xavier's a bad dad. Pass it on. <laughs> Damn. Okay, I disagree. But he's, but Xavier is upset. He's upset, and Storm just says like we have to we have to give him time. And so you know this is where the subplot sort of doesn't jive with me. It doesn't work well with the main plot because Jean asks Hank about Kitty and Kurt, and Hank says, "Oh, they should be well rested by now." Yeah, I haven't heard them moving around at all. Right. So. Um, Kitty and Kurt bamf back into his room and like the main focus is on, on Kurt waking up, yawning, stretching, saying he feels much better. And then you get, you know, the, the shot of Kitty's feet moving up to her face. She's covered in mud. She's got sticks sticking out of her hair. She's super angry. Her lips are pale. She's wet. She's wet. She start. she grabs the pillow, starts hitting him with it. It's hilarious. School, downtown, at a funeral, in the park. He's like, ah, ah, what? We were here the entire time. So, yeah, it's, like, funny, but it just it didn't work. Because then right after that, Xavier is shown on the balcony, and Storm is, is there behind him. He says, do you know what the tragic part is, Storm? I lost him before I even found him. And she says, don't lose hope, Charles. Someday he'll find his way, and you'll be there for him, like you are for all of us, and just fades to black. And I'm like, oh, my God. This was fucking tragic. This was such a tragic fucking episode. And and again, it's 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 the fucking issues with with an absentee parent. And you see that you know these three different pieces of of David. You know you've got Lucas who's super fucking angry and violent and just wants to take that anger out on people. And you've got David who's just a bit resentful. And there's misplaced anger, misplaced blame because. Again, it's not it's not that Xavier purposely abandoned them. He literally didn't know. And then you've also got Ian, this poor little child, this this little boy who doesn't know how to speak, maybe doesn't know how to show emotion or express himself because he feels like something is missing. And so maybe I'm reading too much into that, but I just feel like there were these different parts of of David present all due to Xavier's absence. And for me, for me, it felt very believable. And again, this was this was about an absent parent. And this is something else that strikes home with me, which I'm not going to delve much more into. But I mentioned it on the on the on the last episode. So so it was very rough to see it. I thought it was put together pretty well, and that honestly was a shocking twist because of how fucking dark it was that Lucas managed to pull one over. And that exactly like Xavier said, he lost his son before he even found him. God knows what the fuck Lucas is out there doing. He is powerful. He's clearly very powerful, telepathic and telekinetic. He's like and pyrokinetic. Yeah, and pyrokinetic. You know, he's like Jean Grey, but with fire. Um, Phoenix, Phoenix Jean fire. Grey. Yeah. So, I mean, that's some scary shit. 
and you and you saw how much stronger he was than Gene. Yeah. And he said, like, oh, you might be strong for a human or whatever, but you're no match for me. Yeah. Yeah. So that was uh that was wild. It was really upsetting, especially the ending. But I know that you say that, you know, this story, the sub story doesn't like tie into this at all. Tell me. And I feel like that happens that's happened before it has. a lot a lot of times yes. they they have nothing to do with each other yeah and i honestly don't really mind that you know because uh like with how heavy this story was i feel like it needed some kind of like levity to break it up so it wasn't like the whole episode was just like really like just breaking your heart like i mean it is still a kids show so I don't know if it would have been a good idea to make the whole show depressing. Yeah. So so having this little like interlude thing was it was cute. Um and I don't I don't really care that it didn't match up with the rest of the show. I mean, I was, you know, as I was watching it, I I didn't mind, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so I mean, I got a couple of points to that. As the episode was going on, I didn't either. And and I agree with you that this has happened before. There's been some subplot as part of the show that hasn't really had anything to do with the rest of the episode or even the theme or a general message there. It's to me that this was so strikingly different. Um, oh, there was one I remember you thought was really stupid, and I forgot what it was now. And Kitty I, with the muffins? Yeah, it was Kitty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, listen, I don't... Oh, fuck, I already forget which episode that was. I don't know. And and that's that's okay because it was still kind of funny, although it didn't go along at all. It was still kind of funny, so I wasn't really faulting the episode for that. I'm just like, you know, this doesn't really go together, but whatever. But this one it was a different story, just because I'm there with them up until the end because of that contrast of how down this ending was in the main story and how like the the subplot was supposed to be like funny and cute or whatever. But you're absolutely right. What could have happened here, I don't know. What could have happened is the writers had just the main plot done and they were like, here's our episode. And, you know, you got like producers and editors looking at this like, holy shit, it's going to make kids cry. Can you have something funny happen here too? And they were like, yeah, sure, we'll do this. You know, that's a very real possibility. So I 100% get you. Just for me, the contrast of, of emotions there just because of how heavy the main story was. And I feel like if the subplot could have tied in somehow with the overall theme better it it would have maybe worked and like i can see it like all right so xavier is dealing with his kid right who is sick and we're seeing back at the institute kitty and kurt are literally like sick with like the flu but but like where's the the care there maybe if xavier had come home and shown kitty and kurt some affection or some sort of joy or something, I would have been like, oh, okay, that's how this ties together. Well, Wolverine could have been the dad. That too, even that. You know, like the theme could have tied together and it could have still worked. But there was just instead this contrast of these two things that had nothing to do with each other. And again, like your point with Kitty and the Muffins, I wouldn't have minded if the main plot wasn't so fucking heavy and depressing. That's all I'm saying. This wasn't a bad episode. It was just a It was a downer. It was really heavy. It was a it was a downer, but it was really effective. Like I felt bad for Xavier. You're calling him like a bad dad. I he didn't do it on purpose. You know, yeah. I felt so bad for him at the end. Well, I don't know. 
I, I honestly don't have any problem at all with this with the uh, side story that was in here. I thought it was hilarious. Uh, <laughs> it was really cute. Yeah, so I was. I have no no comments on that. the The main story it was it was depressing. I mean, I feel like we've seen other episodes here. Yeah, like when Laura's first uh, introduction was depressing too. Oh God, yeah. So. And I, I thought that it was well told. Uh, I I don't really have any issues with this episode. I thought it was great. I thought it was great too. I thought it was I thought it was great too. And listen, I'm not saying that I didn't like the subplot. I'm just saying that I know. I'm just saying the theme just was the contrast was just very jarring. But you know, either either way, this this was a, a really great episode. It was it was really heavy. I I read a lot into it, and uh, it was a very interesting take on on the comic book continuity that i think worked pretty well for a kid show and 20 21 minutes yeah so that'll do it for this episode of mutant musings evolution thanks for joining us and remember to leave us a comment on geekade.com leave us ratings and reviews on itunes or anywhere else you find our podcast follow us on instagram at mutant underscore musings underscore podcast and on twitter at mutant musings we'll return to x-men evolution next month but join us for episode 20 in two weeks on a fantasia special and until then Xavier was right? Nah. Nah. Nah.